Welcome to Together We're Better podcast. This will be the best 30 minutes of your day. I'm your host, Brandon Morris, the manager of community engagement with Building Our Future here in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Welcome. To all of our listeners, this podcast is centered around the question, what's possible when you bring people together around a shared result? Wow, that's powerful. This month's episode is titled, Why Young Voices Matter. Building Our Future was built on a simple idea. Help every child succeed in school and in life, regardless of their race, zip code, or their circumstances. And in order for all students to succeed, we have to be intentional about lifting the student's voice, as well as working alongside our students, not doing the work to them and for them. You'll want to listen to this 30 minutes of real talk from these high school seniors, the Equitines, and how they talk about the ways we can change the world by starting in our own community, block by block, neighborhood by neighborhood. Let's dive in. So excited to have the guest that we have on today. I would like to introduce uh, one of our first guests, and that is going to be Sophia. Sophia, what's up? How you doing? Hi, I'm good. My name's Sophia Hysaw. I'm going to be an incoming senior in high school, and I'm a member of Equity. Excellent. Welcome aboard, Sophia. Alana. Hi, my name's Alana. I will also be a senior in high school, um, and I'm also a part of Equitines. Excellent. And Meredith. Hi, my name is Meredith. I'm going to be a senior in high school as well, and I am also a member of Equitines. Excellent. Welcome aboard, ladies. It's pretty cool to have the Equitines on here. If you guys haven't heard of the Equitines, go look them up. They are four, but we have three of the four. Three of the four seniors to be at ITA, and they are a special group of young ladies who are activists in our community for all of the right reasons. So welcome again, ladies. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks so much for being here. I'm excited. So let's dive in. Um, So when you guys hear the phrase together, we're better, the title of our podcast, what does that mean to you? And Meredith, we're going to start with you. Honestly, it just means like coming together, like as a community is a hundred times more effective than trying to um, like make change by yourself because um, there's power in numbers. That's like a pretty common quote. And like coming together is a super powerful way to um, make change in the community. Wow. Thanks for that. Uh, Alana, we're going to come to you. When you hear the phrase together, we're better. What does that mean to you? Um. It- to me, it just means like, um, like yeah, like you're always stronger when you have people supporting you, and when you have people um, that can really help you move forward with things that you're passionate about. And um, yeah, like you know, stronger numbers. Excellent. Thank you for that. And then Sophia, close us out. You hear the phrase "Together We're Better," the title of our podcast. What does that mean to you when you hear that phrase? 
Uh, when I hear Together We're Better, I just think about people from all different backgrounds, all different walks of life coming together and supporting each other for one cause because that's truly like the best way to go and it's great having support from all types of people. Okay. Now, I just want to open it up. Uh, anybody can answer this. So, Together We're Better, you guys said there's strength in numbers. You guys are high school students, so how important is it to have your voice a part of this Together We're Better, a part of what we do in the city, in our community every day? Uh, Alana, can we start with you? Like, How important is it to have your voice in the process? I think it's really important um, to have everybody from you know every age group to be a part of um, like a process that um, you know involves the whole neighborhood and the whole community because um, it gives insight on a lot of other issues and all the problems that you might not be able to see or to you know have a lot of like one to one interaction with because you're just not familiar with it. And as a high school student who you know was in and like ingrained in these high schools on a day to day basis, it gives them. Um, a lot of insight on our life in high school. Wow. Anybody else want to add to that? Sophia or, or, or Meredith? I think she said it exactly right. Um, we can't vote yet. Um, and so, therefore, sometimes we feel as if our voice is not as heard. And I think um, coming together um, made it better for us because we had more of a platform of which we could um tell the community and um our followers and have our followers tell us um and have the community tell us that we are heard they are heard we kind of came together and were able to um have a voice that we didn't before and i think that was really powerful mm, interesting so sophia i i gotta ask you together we're better you the four of you come together and form uh, an activist group called Equitines. Why did you guys come together? So we all came together uh, originally to plan a protest on Juneteenth last year when everything was going on during the Black Lives Matter movement and all that. And since then, we've been on this like activism journey from, you know, helping doing like food drive protest to all types of events and we just thought that it could be good for the community to have like a group of an activist group of you know teenagers because it brings like a different perspective and it brings a different age group into the conversation and we also all are we, we do all kind of come from different walks of life so within our group we all bring different perspectives and that's pretty much like what we're doing in our group nice so and again, I'll open this question up to any one of you. Uh, so many times the media and many of us that that are paying attention to different media sites, we kind of get lost in the two words protest and rioters. You guys aren't a part of the negative side of what happens or what could happen along with the protests. So how do you push this positive message that you guys are doing in the community and not get lost into all of the negative? Um, honestly, last summer was kind of like 
I can't say personally it was rough. I, I It was hard for me to see, but I didn't have that firsthand experience. We did get people commenting with just terribly um, horrible things on our posts and everything, and it was really hard to separate ourselves because from one side, um, anyone who was protesting was a rioter, um, and anyone who was involving themselves was, was a bad person, but we just kind of, like, kind of ignored that almost and tried to make a community that was more positive um, where we could do food drives and we could um, have peaceful protests where we would um, march and speak and um, have like a just positive place for people to feel um, safe and heard and have ourselves feel safe and heard and I think um, it was it was still like I guess difficult is the right word because there were people who were saying um, things through the through the safety of a screen, um, but I think having a positive environment in our physical events was the the best way to um, separate ourselves um, and keep it positive. Wow, makes a lot of sense, um, Sophia and Alana. Uh, Meredith mentioned that it's difficult. And it seems like just from following you guys that before this podcast was even brought to life, you guys were kind of sending that message that together we're better. Together we're better. Is that what could we see that that could be right? That that's the message you guys are trying to send to everybody while standing up for what you believe is right? Yes, that um, that is completely right. Yeah, sorry. Um, especially as a group, I think it was really important that we uh, not only communicated with each other about specifically the negative side of things, but also um, made sure to like continue to uplift each other because negativity um, it does go both ways. So you know, you have people who just think that we're bad that and that we are all rioters just because we believe in this one thing. But like you know, on the flip side, we see people who are like. Uh, racist and you know so we got a lot of, of like that side of things of, like from people who um, just didn't support us in general you know and so it was really really easy to get kind of lost in those negative comments but since we, we did have each other and we were you know sticking together and uh, just kind of uplifting each other uh, it definitely did make us better and stronger wow that's powerful um, so Moving on, um, you guys are seniors in high school. You've been through the whole time of, you know, COVID-19 where school just came to a complete halt one day uh, in, in March of 2020. And then you were going to school virtually for the first time for a lot of students. And then you were back in person and then virtual again this year. Some people you guys were able to have a choice to go virtual or be in person. Um, now there's, there's like optionals to not wear a mask, uh, be vaccinated. What is the talk around town with other high school students or with just within your school? Uh, Sophia, we'll start with you. Meredith, we'll come to you. And then Alana, how are students and how are you guys feeling about this process? So it was 
definitely a very crazy process. There was a lot of adjusting and from uh, as far as I could like tell, a lot of students had a hard time adjusting to virtual this year because a lot of the students were doing virtual. So that was definitely like a big adjustment. So as far as I can tell, um, a lot of high schoolers are really excited to be going back. I think the teachers are excited to be going back as well. I know I am. It'll be so much better to get back to like being in person and talking face to face instead of through a screen and not having like connection issues all the time, like just being able to be there and like do the clubs and stuff. So I know that there is still some like scare with the COVID and like not everybody's vaccinated and like masks and stuff. I think that it'll be okay because I know a lot of people that have gone vaccinated and I think like a good majority have gone vaccinated. If not, like I'm sure the people that are still worried about it that haven't gone vaccinated will be wearing masks. But I hope at least that it'll go well because I'm very ready to go back in person and I know more people are. So Sophia, can I ask, is that important that you are in person at school and why is that important? Um, I personally really like being in person at school because it just brings like an atmosphere to the classroom that you really can't have online because it's just not the same. Like people can't just like talk like most people are just muted or they don't even have their cameras on. It's a very like isolating experience to do school online. And it's also a lot harder to learn the material. Clubs aren't really happening. And if they are, it's like they're screen. So it's just, it's really not the same. And just being able to be around people, I think, is like, way, like really important in a school environment that I didn't even really realize until it was like almost completely taken away from me. So I think for like most kids and teenagers, like being around other kids and just like other people in general is really like good for mental health and just like in general, like being able to learn and stuff. So I do think that being a person will be better than doing it online. Excellent. And then Meredith, to you, uh, this transition of being in person, not in, uh, not in person, online. How was that transition for you? And, and why is it important to be in person? Um, I was virtual all year um, for, for safety and health reasons, but um, I, it was, I wanted to be virtual um, for safety reasons, but I absolutely hated it. I would wake up for my first class, turn on my computer, do school, turn off my computer, get out of bed for the first time that day, and get ready for my day and then wash, rinse, repeat, do it every single day. And um, it was incredibly hard to feel connected to my, my teachers and my peers. It just felt like I was sitting in my room and, you know, it, none of it felt real. Um, I was, um, I know there were students who had it like a lot worse than I did with um, their grades and everything, but I still struggled to um, kind of grasp um, the content, which I, I've never kind of had an issue with before, which was kind of scary almost. But I think um, I'm so ready to be in person for my senior year. And I'm like super excited to go to all my like senior activities, like football games and everything like that. But also I am, um, I am I'm double, I'm fully vaccinated, I'm double vaccinated. But I am worried um, that there are going to be students who are not and are coming to school without masks on. And when we have um, over a thousand kids at Indian Trail in the hallways walking next to each other, um, 
it does make me nervous for those students who will not be wearing masks and also will not be vaccinated, um, who will then, you know, endanger themselves, their family members and everything. Um, and that does make me nervous for them because, um, you know, with masks and less than 50% of the school there, we we didn't see very many cases, but without masks and with 100% of the school year, I do, um, I do worry in that, in that kind of sense. But at the, in the same way, I know that my family is safe. I know that I am safe and therefore I am ready to, to go back. Excellent. So Alana, with you, uh, wrapping up this question, how was that transition for you? Uh, is in person better or online is better? What do you think overall? How did you feel? Um, Overall, I do think in person is better. Um, I was very fortunate to have a very um, good online experience. I think it wasn't. It was definitely more difficult than being in person, but um, my teachers were very like understanding and they helped us a lot. So um, I know I am like probably one of like a very few students who did have um, a positive online experience. The like isolation part of it is um, probably what was the most difficult to get used to you know you're used to people like almost like school friends that you only see and talk to in school and they do um create like the bigger experience of your high school life so having that um get taken away that was very difficult i do think grasping information was also very difficult it was it wasn't that we like you know it wasn't being taught correctly but like you know doing all of your school through a screen mostly by yourself you know you have to have a lot of self-discipline um it was very difficult, but the transition into it um, last summer was also a bit hectic with the school board um, having to decide whether it was going to be all in person or all virtual. Um, and so that was a little bit of a rough start, but you know, as time went on, um, I adjusted, but it was very difficult to adjust to. Excellent. Uh, thank you for that. Um, I got to ask when it comes to communication within the school, uh, there's a lot of school board meetings that have been happening over the last year. Uh, what is that process like uh, for you guys as a student? Like, how do you hear that information or do you hear that information? Uh, so let's start off with, with uh, Meredith and then we'll go Alana and Sophia. So Meredith, when it comes to communication within the school district, do you hear that information? And if so, how do you hear that information? Um, I have parents who are teachers, so often the school board's on when I get home. But I do, um, I do miss that information. And most of the time, um, when I'm hearing about an important change, um, the school board decision, other than school board made a decision on, it's through a friend or through a post I see on social media. And I definitely think that accessibility to school board meetings um, is something that um, I, I think could definitely help like have the student perspective be heard because there are um, there are community um, like you can go up as a community member and speak but I do also think that um, if a student can't drive or a parent works um, 
or both, then it's really hard for students to be able to give their perspective. And there were more student perspectives this year as COVID went, but there are a lot of topics that students are very passionate on that I think school board members um, are and should be willing to listen to them about and hear their perspective about because the school board is making decisions for students and um, against the name school board. So I really just think that it would be super important and super like, I don't know, I, it would be something that not a lot of school boards do and it would be super um, great to have my, have my and other peers' perspectives sought out rather than having to um, work to give an opinion, which I think like, I don't know, that would be super cool to have the opportunity to do like as a, as a school district is um, have school board members ask the students what they want to see and um, what they want changed in their schools and their communities. Wow. Very interesting way to look at it. Um, yeah. I, I, and I've, I've thought about that quite a bit. And obviously within my role, um, we often, just within building our future, uh, we want to lift the student voice. We want to lift the parent voice. And we, we try to be intentional about it. And that's even one of the reasons we have you guys on the podcast is your voice matters so much. And we want you guys to always lead the way, even if it's through a podcast, <laughs> if it's through, um, you know, in an, an adult's voice. We want you guys to be able to lead the way. Um, so something fun uh, Alana, I want to come to you. Way back when, when I was in high school, there were open campus. Is that ever a topic for you guys when it when you're talking about open campus, like going other places to eat? Um, we, I think my freshman year, we used to talk about it a lot because. Um, uh, we were just getting out of middle school and we wanted, you know, we just wanted something super different. We wanted to, you know, be able to leave school to go eat, stuff like that. Um, I think, um, like now, I haven't heard much conversation about it, but I do think that um, upperclassmen, especially who, you know, have the grades and who are able to drive and who are, like, responsible, should be able to, you know, leave to go get lunch or, like, leave for, you know... Um, was like a free period because it's it's mostly like a, a privilege, especially among like the students to be the to have a little bit more freedom around the school. And I think you know an open campus would um, cater to that to the students who are just doing better or who are succeeding. We you know above and beyond. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Sophia. So often I hear parents all the time talk about how hard it is to get their kids up in the morning to go to school. You guys are going to be seniors coming up. Is it more beneficial to have like a later start time? Um, I mean, it could be. I know in middle school we had like we started like an hour later than we do now. But the only thing is that then we would end school an hour later than we do now. And it would, like, I don't think it would really match up because, like, considering sports and, like, clubs and stuff, like, we do need accessibility. And, like, we do share, like, 
the field and stuff with the middle school. So if we're out at the same time as them, that would definitely conflict. And I think, like, once you adjust to a certain schedule anyway, like, you're going to be tired no matter what because it's just, like, it's one hour difference. So I don't know how, like, effective that really would be. I actually kind of enjoy the time that we have because I would rather, like, get there early and leave early than, like, get there late and leave late. But for some kids, I mean, that might work. Sorry. (laughs) For some kids, that might be beneficial because they might have a job or something. So, I mean, it could be like a good discussion to have. Hmm. Interesting. There's a lot of parents. uh, I heard a parent the other day in a community meeting say one of her favorite summer things to do is not have to wake teenagers up. So... (laughs) I guess, yeah, having a late start would go into the extracurriculars that are going on after school. Um, So each one of you guys, if you guys could add something or take something away from uh, your everyday schooling, what would it be? I mean, it could be from curriculum to gym class. I hear that's one that many students don't like to do. Um, so what would it be? Uh, Meredith, I'll come to you first. What would you suggest? Um, I think the class, like, that I resonate with the most is probably my English class, and I've had the opportunity to have three just absolutely amazing English teachers, um, all three years of high school, and I think they've given me a space in which I can, like, completely um investigate what I want to be and like where I want to go with um with my life my career my you know just literacy in general but I think that um if I were to take something away from that I think it would be that um reading and writing is actually I'm not going to take away that I think that um (laughs) as we develop as like young people um I think school in general and um reading and writing classes like uh, literature classes are probably the most important classes um in order for students to be able to develop their their personal skills and i think it really um my experiences in english classes have really helped me um become the person the human i am today um in my speaking and um activism work excellent excellent thank you for that uh alana Anything you can add or take away when it comes to school and your school experience, what would it be? I think, um, I don't really know if this is like an add or take away, but like, well, I guess it's an add. Like, like bringing things that will um, help people with not only like what they want to do out of, out of high school, but also with like individuality. I think a lot of um, our work is very well it's like curriculum so you know you have all the things that you need to learn but within that there's a lot of things that are just very um like restricting and I think if students did have the freedom to express themselves a little bit more academically it would make um a lot of uh the rest of their school and academic career a lot easier when they're given more freedom whether that's you know in a in an older year of high school or in a more advanced year of college and I think Creativity um, is underplayed in our schools just generally because, you know, they're just trying to get us onto the next grade or onto the next lesson. And I think um, if people just have a little bit more freedom, whether that's like, you know, picking a book that they like instead of reading, like, you know, the classroom set, 
um, would just benefit students a lot more. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. And then Sophia, to you, anything that you would add or take away when it comes to your school experience? Um, I would say like the only thing that I would really take away would be like the way that we do gym because I feel like I know it's like what everyone says but like I feel like if you do a sport one year then that should count as a gym credit because like the sports in this school district are extreme (laughs) they are really they're intense so like I just feel like that would be more beneficial than like and I did like three years of summer gym so I took my gym in the summer but it was just like it was a little bit too much for me and I think that if I just could have like had a gym credit through like a sport that would have been like easier I think that would have been easier for a lot of kids also because a lot of kids do do sports and like don't always have time for gym in their schedule so that's probably what I would take away but yeah (laughs) (laughs) interesting I love it all right just to to kind of close us out in 30 seconds or less if the school board was listening to this podcast what's one piece of advice that you guys would want to give to them um and it can be from advocating for the little ones like kindergarten or third grade the kids that are your age since now that you guys are seniors you you guys have been through this process what's something that you would want to advocate uh and want the school board to advocate for Sophia, let's start with you, and then Alana and, and Meredith will close us out on that one. Um, I would say, like, my only, like, piece of advice to the school board would just be, like, I guess, like, figuring out, like, set programs and, like, sticking to them and being able to communicate them effectively, like, instead of switching up things a lot. Because sometimes, like, we just switch up a lot of curriculum or just, like, the way that like classes run or like hours like all types of stuff and like that can be a little hectic and like hard to adjust to so i would say just maybe like sticking to certain things and being able to communicate it effectively throughout like the entire school district alana anything that you would want to tell or say to the school board if they were listening i would say that um not be afraid to like upset people i feel like they're um, <laughs> a lot of like the rules and a lot of the things that they decide on are to like make sure that people aren't upset or that people aren't like <laughs> like how even I don't really know how to word this but like for example they switched to fully virtual to like giving you you a choice to go you know in person which set us back a whole week for school and I think if they had just done the virtual thing it would not only be safer for everybody else. Because, you know, three days into the school year, we had, like, almost 200 kids go have to go into quarantine. Um, it would just be, you know, smoother for everybody else. And I think one of the reasons that they switched is because they didn't want to upset people or upset students who really wanted to go in. But, um, you know, sometimes that's just how it goes. So I'd say, like, you know, just make a decision, stick with it, and stand by it. And then, Meredith, lastly to you, if the school board was listening... What's something that you would want to say to them? Um, Find a group of people, a diverse group of people. That means like parents down to elementary school students, people of all races and ethnicities and genders and um, sexual orientations, just literally the most diverse group of people you can get into one room and listen to them 
and find yourself a little focus group, a diverse focus group um, that can give you a perspective on um, things they want to see in the school district, um, what parents want to see for their children, what elementary school students want to see, what middle school students want to see, what high school students want to see, and take that perspective because I think that perspective is um, one that can just completely um, change and reroute uh, the direction in which we're going into more positive, inclusive, um, equitable um, learning path. I think that'll be really important. Excellent. Thank you for that. And then lastly, Meredith, you're, we're going to start right back with you. Come to Alana and, and have Sophia close us out. Our podcast is centered around the question, what's possible when you bring people together around a shared result? So the question will go to all of you guys. Meredith, you start us off. What's possible when you bring people together around a shared result? Real comprehensible change is possible when we bring a large group of people together or a group of people together around a shared result. I think I've personally seen um, change happen. I attended a, um, a meeting with Building Our Future about um, lake uh, groundwater change versus um, other, other types of change. And I think that serious, comprehensible, systemic change, um, changes to the community, um, all, all types of change only happen when we come together. I think that's important. Wow, thank you. Uh, Alana, what's possible when you bring people together around a shared result? I think um, understanding happens. I think people really underestimate like how far um, being able to comprehend and understand not only another person, um, like, you know, as a person, but also as like, you know, an experience. Um, and when you meet a lot of people with a lot of different experiences and a lot of different backgrounds, um, it makes you more knowledgeable on just like the human experience in general. And you are more likely to just like listen and understand and, you know, want to change for the people that you meet or want to just make, you know, the world better for the people you meet. And I think um, when you bring people together around that, like, you know, shared result, it just makes um everything a lot more peaceful thank you sophia last close us out what's possible when you bring people together around a shared result um i think another thing could be support and love like through the understanding and the change like support and a sense of community can really like emerge from that and people like through understanding and being able to like have that result people will feel very like together and that's something that's really important in a community to have so yeah excellent thank you ladies for for being a part of our podcast together we're better and just kind of blowing that out the water uh when you answered the question what's possible when you bring people together around a share result for me the Equitines, you guys are possible. Um, seeing what you guys did when it came to the Juneteenth protests, that's possible because you guys brought a bunch of people together and it was it was amazing. And there was all uh, one shared result. So, again, thank you, ladies, for being a part of the podcast. I look forward to seeing what you guys will be doing effectively in our community uh, real soon.
Wow, what another impactful episode. And don't just take my word for it. Listen to the episode again. A big thank you goes out to the Equitines. Sophia, Meredith, and Alana, you guys did an amazing job. You are some amazing, amazing leaders in our community. Thank you. Again, this podcast is centered around the question, what's possible when you bring people together around a shared result? Well, the equities is possible. That's what's possible. I would say that they are future leaders, but they're clearly our present leaders. Let's continue to lift the student voice. Let's continue to lift the team voice, the youth voice, the young voice, because the young voice matters. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and share with your friends and family. I'm your host, Brandon Morris. As always, be well.